0: Hi everyone, and welcome along to the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, the podcast that aims to help you reduce and even eliminate work-related discomfort. I'm your host, Neve Pentany of Boyne Ergonomics. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really hope that you're able to take away some useful, practical advice from this podcast to help you reduce your own risk of discomfort at the workplace or help manage the risks among the people that you might be responsible for. So now that we know why we're here, let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome along to episode 30 of the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, where this episode I'm going to be talking to you about what we can do to reduce the negative impact of video calls and virtual meetings, because the offices may be open, but virtual meetings are not going anywhere. They're still a huge part of the week for a lot of people. And with that, they do bring about challenges, whether you're in the office or whether you're at home. Bring about a different set of challenges so we're going to see what we can do about it there are definitely positives let's be realistic there are positives to virtual meetings if you're fully remote they provide a bit of connection between employees who might not be in the office they can increase employee engagement if you're a new starter especially if you're onboarding remotely it helps you become familiar with your colleagues even though you're not there in the office they Now, allow for a more convenient arrangement of meetings. So, even when you are in the office, there's less travel now between different locations, either within companies or between companies, because it can be done virtually. So, you can fit more meetings in, there's less travel. So, it's like, you know, climate friendly and all that. But, and it also allows people who are working in the office to work from home if they need to and still being able to link in with their colleagues. So, they do have their positives, but From my point of view, from an ergonomic perspective, a high level of video calls and virtual meetings can have a negative impact on employee well being. So, what are they? Well, the negative impact I speak to a lot of people, a huge amount of people when I'm doing DSE assessments, and the rise in the use of these virtual meetings, whether they're in the home or whether they're in the office, they're usually cited as being one of the main causes of prolonged desk based postures because in most cases especially now when we're back in the office and the meeting is happening in the office they're one of the reasons people can't leave the desk so back-to-back meetings and um, pressure to be vis- visible on the screen lunchtime meetings lack of breaks in long meetings have all been cited as, as negatives um, in the use of virtual meetings and keeping people at the desk and as we know being at the desk for a long time, prolonged static postures, seating and standing can cause musculoskeletal discomfort, can cause eye strain and can cause other health issues generally associated with being inactive and sedentary. And employees engaged in a high level of video calls report what's known as Zoom fatigue. Basically, it's a feeling of exhaustion associated with these video calls, especially days when there's a lot of them on, they're back to back and they're very busy. Why does this happen? Well researchers basically have looked into this during Covid and have cited that a frustration from a lack of eye contact, an increase in effort required to pay attention to what has been said and who's saying what, technical issues, non-work related distractions, self-awareness, performance pressure and an increase in screen time is what causes an increase in fatigue associated with the video calls and virtual meetings. So what can we do? So if you're an employer, let's look at that first. If you're an employer, what can you do to reduce the negative impact of virtual meetings and video calls? And this is across the board. So this is something like a lot of people have what we call video call policies, but I've seen some of them and they're not very practical. They look great on paper. But from an implementation point of view they're not practical so let's have a look if you do have a video meeting or a virtual meeting policy aim to make sure that in this policy breaks are a requirement in video meetings if the meeting is going to be more than 60 minutes in duration there should be a break and there should be one break for every 45 minutes after and the break should be long enough to allow attendees to get up from the desk either to go to the bathroom or get a drink or just to walk around for a couple of minutes and come back. So I would recommend that in an ideal world over every 45 minutes there should be a break. Realistically when you look at how meetings are booked in if the meeting is over 60 minutes there should be breaks built in and it should be built in every 45 minutes. Reduce the length of video meetings to allow a break in back-to-back calls, for example, meetings should only be able to be booked on the hour, and this is just an example, or on the half hour, and they should either be twenty-five minutes, not thirty, or fifty-five minutes, or fifty minutes, not sixty. And this is to allow for a break in between meetings when they're booked in back-to-back. I know when the recommendations, especially from our HSA, is that we avoid back-to-back video calls, but in reality, for a lot of employees, this is not a choice meetings are put into their diary and they don't often have a choice of when they can be put in or where. So having a policy in place where meetings can be booked in at certain times or of certain lengths, allows that even if there's no control over the diary, there will be breaks in between each one, even if it's just a few minutes. Another thing you can have in the policy is allowing employees permission to turn their camera off once the meeting has started, I absolutely understand it's great to see all your colleagues and all your staff face to face on camera. But once the bones of the meeting, especially if it's a presentation type meeting, has started, turn the camera off. There's, there's no need for it to be on. And they can be turned back on if there's a discussion point in it. But there will be always be meetings where it's not necessary for the camera to be on for the whole duration of the meeting. And this allows people a little bit of freedom to move from the desk. Consider introducing meeting free days. So, I will work with companies, and their policy is there's no meetings on a Friday. And that means that people go into their Friday knowing that they don't have to jump on a Teams, they don't have to jump on a Zoom, they're free to focus on whatever tasks they have to do. So, if that's possible, that's something to be considered. And team leaders and managers should, where you can, aim to have your team members on site at the same day and arrange any meetings that are needed or your regular meetings or your essential meetings to be done in person when you're in the office and that way you're hopefully reducing the amount of virtual meetings that are needed during the week on the days when people are working remotely another thing i would look at outside of the policy is providing employees with a wireless headset especially for those working from home because one it ensures privacy during your conversations but however it also from my point of view it allows them to move from the desk would still be in the meeting. So employees can go get a glass of water. They can go look out the window if that's what they want to do, but it allows them to leave the desk for a short periods during a meeting. And it also reduces background noise, which can be a distraction. Reduce the amount of camera-based calls overall. So again, assess if a meeting can be done audio only um, and assess if it actually has to be a, a video call in the first place um, or a virtual meeting in the first place. Can it be an email? But audio calls are great because it means that employees can log on. Even if it's on Teams or Zoom, they can log on through their mobiles. And again, that allows them to be mobile during the call. Increase the idea of your walking or outdoor meetings. So particularly in the spring and the summer, if you're having an audio-only call, well, you could encourage people to log on to them on their phones and do it out walking. So if you have, for example, a weekly team meeting, that's like a catch-up or a brainstorm or something like that, Actually encouraging them to people to take it on the move could boost creativity, could boost the productivity of the meeting by boosting your circulation and oxygen intake. So encourage people to get and about. In the office itself, provide small private rooms. So small private meeting rooms. And I do see them a lot, especially in the more modern offices. It means that if there is a meeting, well then somebody can just disconnect the laptop and take it to another room. It just provides an alternative location that can be used during an office space video call, meaning that people can actually leave the desk to go to another location. And then of course, when that meeting's over, go from that location back to the desk, encouraging movement. And consider investing in sit-stand desks. Like, let's be realistic, virtual meetings are unavoidable at this point now in the modern workplace. So increased mobility and movement can be kind of brought in at home by using wireless headsets and earbuds and everything like that, and, and using the phone. You can't really do this in the office because to do that will be a total distraction for everyone around them. You can't really be walking around chatting away on the headset. It's not fair on colleagues. But sit-stand desks will at least facilitate a change in posture from sitting to standing during a call when it's not practical to take a break from the desk. And the last thing I'll say that team leaders and managers should do is lead by example. If employees see you moving around or see you turning off your camera during calls and turning it back on or see you logging on through your phone well they're more likely to view it as an acceptable practice and then do it themselves so lead by example but if you're an employee well what can you do because you don't write the policy so what can you do so if you're working from home or from the office all we want to do if you have a high level of video calls, is increase your level of mobility to try and reduce the impact of the static loading and the poor postures and the increased screen time. So the first thing I would say to you is, if you haven't been provided with a wireless headset, well, invest in one. Your body will thank you so much because it's a really useful tool, especially if you're working remotely and you have a lot of video calls. It allows you to turn off the camera and move from the desk. It's a really, really good practical investment. Log into calls from your mobile phone when you can. If you're a participant and it's not a presentation type meeting, log in on your mobile phone. It gives you, again, freedom to move. And if possible, stand for some of your meetings. So if you have a sit-stand desk in the office or at home, great. Um, if you don't, well, you could, and a lot of people do this, they'll place the laptop on a slightly higher surface at home and stand for some of the meeting. That is acceptable too if that's what you can do. And turn off your camera intermittently. If you're in a private work area or you need to be visible on camera and you take your calls on speaker, just turn the camera off for 30 seconds. Walk around, sit, stand, stretch, sit back down when you're ready. There's nothing wrong with turning the camera off for 30 to 60 seconds just to give you a little bit of a break. If you're in the office and there are private areas where you can take calls, take the laptop there for some of the calls. Again, it just boosts your movement away from the desk. You're walking, you're letting the muscles relax, you're giving the eyes a break from the screen, even though you might only be walking for a few seconds. Any mobility is good when it comes to the working day. So take advantage of small meeting rooms or private areas where you might be able to take a call. Because um, as we said, like the virtual meetings are here to stay. But they can be managed in such a way that they don't impact employee well-being and musculoskeletal health but it does take a bit of planning a policy um implementation too no good having a policy if we don't implement it which I, I know does happen and just fostering a workplace that recognizes the importance of movement and mobility and reducing this sedentary nature of desk-based jobs and if you're an employer Ask for employee feedback. If these are the people who are on the calls most of the time, these are the people who are suffering the ill effects of a high level of video calls, and therefore, I would always recommend getting input from these employers and DSE users when you are putting together a policy, because they usually know what works best for the types of calls that they take, because it can vary workplace to workplace. So that in my advice, when it comes to reducing The adverse effects of virtual meetings. That is my last podcast for this year. I have a list compiled for next year of what I'm going to start with. But what I will say is the next thing I'm going to do, my big focus now in early next year, I am going to move into a location where I will have a dedicated setup for my podcast. So hopefully that will improve the sound and the quality of this. So my plan is to go back and re-record some of the earlier episodes with better audio because I was happy with the content but not with the audio quality and I'm learning on the go and it is just me doing this myself doing all the the work on this podcast so I was kind of learning on the go I have got better over the year so I'm definitely going to go back and re-record some of the earlier ones to make it a little bit nicer and easier for you to listen to because there is good content in there so I'd hate for it to get lost because I was just so green doing this at the start that is my plan as always I will put the link to the blog and all my socials in the show notes and my email address if you want to get in touch with a recommendation or topic you want me to cover for next year I'm always open to suggestions I love it until next year that is it from me everybody stay well and I will talk to you all again soon